We're back. What's up? Not wow. That was very right. It's very. We're here. Is that like late nineties? <laughs> What's up? What's up? I don't want to. I. I want. What's up? No. All <laughs> right. Do the least amount of editing possible. So let's not do yep. that. Okay. We're uh, over it. <laughs> you know what we should do? What? Thank our patrons. Ooh, thank you, patrons. Thanks. Like that? Yeah. Just thanks. Well, let me name a few. Okay. Okay. Just a few. Our number one top supporter. Thank you, Cindy. Yeah, that $25 yeah. level was Whoa. some super special swag. Wham. Bam. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Travis, Tyler, Jeremy, Lindsay, Jesse, Sean, Catherine, Holly, James, and Allison. Thanks, guys. You're super. Yeah. Super duper. Um, and if you want to be on that list, go to mm-hmm. patreon.com forward slash look what I did. Yeah. Sign up at any level. And get access mm-hmm. to cool stuff. I just put up a new uncut episode the other day. <laughs> They're so good. Yeah. So, <laughs> and more Same. stuff to come. I mean, I mean, we're hitting the year anniversary mark. So something's going to happen. Now's the time. I also oh, want to yeah. say, because I feel like we haven't said this in a while. Super, super helpful if you rate and review yep. on iTunes. Yep. Hugely helpful. So big, please big time. Please take a moment to just mm-hmm. hit the five star or four, five star. Five. Five, five star mark. Um, Try and for then six. Type a little review if right. you want to. Uh, points for creativity yes. on reviews and honesty. We've had some really good, good reviews. I like how you started that with and honesty and I mean, honesty. And we've had these and, good reviews. <laughs> and we've had some. Man, I'm I'm floored by some of the ones that I've They're I've gone kind. through. Yes, yeah. very kind. Uh, um, just for a couple of dummies Jeremy doing a podcast. Just posted a mm-hmm. review on he Facebook did. that was quite True. quite lovely. Thanks. Yes. Thanks Thank for you. saying nice things. Thank you. And r- the reason like. Aaron and I don't need to hear it, although it's nice to hear it. But what mm-hmm. it really does is I when do. people yeah. come across this show, whatever mm-hmm. fashion they're coming across the show, it gives them a little bit of idea of what you think about it. And yep. that always helps, right? So when you re- read a review about something, obviously it kind of influences your purchasing decision, mm-hmm. decision a little bit. Wow, I cannot talk. That's okay. Um, and so if you will just help tell people what you love about the show, I think that gives a Nothing like word of mouth, really. Mm-hmm. We had a uh, a thing with the local coffee shop. Oh yeah, recently Magnolia, Magnolia coffee, coffee House there in Prairie Grove, and uh, we picked up a couple of listeners there mm-hmm. based on this contest that they were having. So go give them a visit. Uh, hello, very pick nice up a, of them. Pick yeah. up a coffee. Yeah, Swing by Magnolia. Super mm-hmm. sweet people. We actually did yep. a uh, trivia night there. Yeah, yeah. Went there and hung out, and we we it almost is a cool won. Shop. Yeah, and there's <laughs> I had a sandwich there. I don't remember exactly. Hot what hot sandwich. ham and cheese. Was that what I had? That's what you had. Man, it was so good though. It was good. It Jalapeno was so, jelly. Yeah, <laughs> I just like, yeah, it's, it's delicious. So tasty. Yeah. Um, Find me there. I'll give you a sticker. Plus, there's some cool mm-hmm. flea markets out there too. So you can make yeah. like a Saturday yeah. morning out of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. There's a farmers cool market stuff. in Prairie Grove every Saturday. Yeah. So fresh stuff right there from town. There you go. See, so there's a good mm-hmm. Saturday little run. Mm-hmm. Stop by Battle. Oh, Battlefield Park. Right. I thought you weren't supposed to say park because it doesn't have rides. Oh, but it says well, this park, way, that's right? what I've always I called it. Battlefield. I and it's I don't know. You made fun the of me. Battlefield Museum. I didn't make fun of you. They took the army <laughs> tanks like away. You did. That's what it was. I, they did take the army. It wasn't tanks for away that though. Days. But yeah. Uh, in what two weeks? Two and a half weeks. It's I guess, close. Basically. Yeah. It is the Death Ray Expo. Oh, the exciting! The one year live show anniversary. Mm-hmm. Two artist panels. A create yep. a hero with our guest on this episode. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that in a minute. 
because that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, but Death Ray Expo gear tickets now it's fifteen dollars right now. Fifteen bucks. If you pre-order tickets, you also get five dollars off of the t-shirt cost, and the t-shirt mm-hmm. is an original Chad Moppin design, and it's it is sweet, super cool. Yeah, I want one. But yeah, they're yeah. awesome. <laughs> that we can work you into getting one. Maybe. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there's probably you know a guy. <laughs> I, I know a guy. I know a couple there. Yeah. Yeah. You know all the guys. Um, there's some cool cool stuff that's going to oh, be man. happening there an mm-hmm. arcade from retro arcadia yep a or arcadia retrocade i never say that quite right right uh gear gaming just came on and Whoa. they're they're doing some stuff there and they're working with northwest arkansas board gaming group for the board games mm-hmm. ty from dryad is doing a live mm. D session yep uh shire post mint is going to be guest playing that Sweet. show there's an escape room from Escape Room 13 mm-hmm. in Eureka. There's so much stuff. Kerplunk Creative is yep. bringing carnival games, I think. Uh, there is, it's just like, it's a never ending. I the, can't wrap my head right. around what's happening. Like, I, I keep trying to price all this out based on what's going on for $1 the million. Dollars. For the $15, I think that it you have to pay. As much as Disneyland. Well, we can have $7 bottles of water. <laughs> Just Aaron and I will be selling seven dollar Frankenot sticker on the there. I yeah. Table. <laughs> oh my gosh! Why is this so much? You see that sticker? We should try. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jamil yeah, will that. be there. Yes, from yep. a couple episodes ago. Yep. Chala Geek. We've had some kind of longer intros, I guess, so that's we can okay. kind of roll into this one. Yep. But one of the people that's going to be there is Mr. John Lucas, mm. who is the guest on this episode, and this guy probably most well-known for drawing Deadpool. So geeky Deadpool fan me was beside myself with joy having John over. (laughs) Uh, We didn't talk about it a whole, whole lot because I I didn't want to just like... Fangirl. Yeah, Yeah. too too bad. Um, (laughs) But, man, such a good conversation with this guy. It was super, super nice of him to come over um, and just hang out. And it was just like, just a nice, fun Mm -hmm. conversation about... Art in general, he has some really cool projects coming up. He actually, there's a graphic novel after Houdini, and he probably doesn't like me describing it this way, but it's like Extraordinary League of Gentlemen if all of the characters were magicians, right? Hmm. And it's really, really cool. And then before Houdini, which is the sequel, which sounds backwards, is coming out, and definitely check it out. Like. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can get it on Amazon. I'm pretty sure Rock Bottom Comics has it on the shelf, the the first book, and they definitely for sure will have the second book. Um, and there will be a signing at Rock Bottom whenever that comes out as well. Sweet. But uh, this guy's done a bunch of independent stuff. Mm-hmm. He has his own personal project that is starting to really ramp up, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so just some cool stuff is coming from John in the future. Yep. But uh, one of the really neat things that he is doing that I'm super excited about is at Death Ray Expo. I don't know how it works because I've never seen it, but the audience will get to create a superhero that he basically illustrates while the audience is kind of calling out this thing. Mm-hmm. What's better than that? Like, right? There's no telling. It's like a Mad Lib of comic. We come artistry. up with the next Batman or Superman, or I mean, it's probably not going to happen. But well, Iron yeah. Man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just be a person that dresses up in a suit like Aaron. Hmm. Sort of like on. I don't want to compare it to that, but like into the Spider Verse, you know the Spider Man that's sort of like pizza eating, you know. I think that's the third Spider Man movie by Sam Raimi. Emo Spider Man. No. Oh no. Spider Dad. Spider Dad. That would wow. be you. Um, Thanks. <laughs> hipsters are cool. Uh, 
<laughs> that's what I keep telling you. Um, <laughs> anyway, so this episode is mm-hmm. Mr. John Lucas, an absolute pleasure. Yes. Check out what the life of a comic book artist is like. Yep. Enjoy. I had a dog for the longest time, and he was like the best. Oh, man, he was such a great dog. Um, I was one of those annoying dog owners, and he died a little over a year ago. No. And I've my wife got a dog... And she brought it into the edge, like she, are we on right now or? We just no. kind of go. We just go. Oh, are we on right yeah. now? Yeah. Oh, okay. just, no, well, I don't no, 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 tell it. Tell the story. Tell I was it. just having a conversation. No, it's, it's good. It's all about a conversation. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, my wife like wanted a dog and she kept asking me, I kept saying, no, no, I'm not in the, I'm not in the emotional state to have a dog. Right. And she, she broke my defenses by at one point saying, well, I get lonely because you're in your room working and you know, I used to have company and it's like, what kind of husband oh. would I be if I said you're just going to be lonely. So we got the dog <laughs> and the dog hates me. And I'm a dog person. I'm one of those oh. people like we would be walking. We moved to Arkansas from New York and um, we'd be walking down the street and we'd be about to cross the street and, you know, look over and a dog and I would catch eyes and just like immediately they knew. And <laughs> dogs love me. This dog hates me. It's terrified of me. Oh. And so I have this dog in the house that. You know, we've we have an uneasy peace kind of, but it's so strange to me to have a dog that doesn't like me in the house, and so to come and have this big and I love German Shepherds anyway, mm-hmm. uh, and you know I I don't know how old you guys are, forty three. I'm fifty one, and um, so I remember like before Pitbulls. Oh, I just dodged that. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're younger than me, so forget. He's twenty seven. Really? No. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's a road hard. Thirty eight. <laughs> But I'm, I'm also to the age where I can't tell hold anyone. Is oh, anymore. yeah. Yeah. But uh, I remember like back before pit bulls, it was Dobermans. Before that, it was German Shepherds mm-hmm. that everybody freaked out and said, mm-hmm. these are horrible, violent dogs. And so you didn't see German Shepherds for a long time. And I'm so glad that German Shepherds are going back. And I'm rambling now, but here's this beautiful German Shepherd that hits me in the spot anyway. And then to have it walk up to me and just like yeah. be a dog to me is yeah. like, oh, this is such a good feeling. And she's the friendliest dog in yeah. the world. She's getting yeah. old, though. Yeah, how old? She's only eight, but the arthritis is starting to kick in. Yeah, well, big dogs don't live as long anyway. I mean, you're lucky if you get 12, 13 years out of them. So, yeah, Yeah. that's a bummer now. (laughs) Yeah, Daniel's turned to just love her as much as you can now. That's that's my regrets with Rocco, too. So, I like, my wife's already like, oh, well, we can get this little. I call them rat dogs. Anything that you can fit in a bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little dog. Like I'm just not that interested in. Yeah. She's already kind of pre-shopping. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not ready. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I grew up with hounds. So they're not big dogs, but they're not small. They're nice medium yeah, size. Like a medium you can wrestle dog. with them. Yeah, yeah, and I always yeah. thought I hated little dogs. And Rocco was a miniature pincher. And he and I, and now I think I'm a small dog guy. Because there's just something about being able to pick that little guy up. And the thing, I'm going to get all weepy here, but you pick him up and he would rest on me and every now and he would look up and then just go, (laughs) the weight of his head, uh, I'm pantomiming on a podcast. So I do that all the time. It's like the uh, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy show (laughs) on the radio. And so you just have to take my word for it that I'm a brilliant uh, ventriloquist. It's like we're there. Yeah. That weight (laughs) on that shoulder. It's like, oh, that's, yeah. We grew up with Shelties and Dobermans, so we had kind of Shelties mm. are kind of smaller dogs, yeah. ish, and yeah. then Dobermans are not little. No, but we had uh, Blue Heelers and Australian Shepherds mostly. Oh, those are good. Those are yeah. good. You got to run those dogs a lot, though. They're yeah. very active. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. They want to do stuff. Yeah. And guard. Yeah. Like territorial. Yeah. Good dog. So. So let's start with who you are and what you do. Uh, my name is John Lucas, and I draw funny books. Nice. Like Archie. <laughs> um, I would draw Archie if I had a chance. Uh, sure, why not? Um, but no, I mean, I've worked, having I've, a revival, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I haven't read Riverdale. many of them, but they look yeah. great. I've I read the uh, the Adam Hughes Betty and Veronica just because okay. Adam Hughes. I'll buy anything. He Are does. those coming? I wasn't even thinking about the comic books. Are those coming back into prominence because because the Netflix stuff is blowing? It's up. It's sort of uh, it was done in conjunction like with the together. television show. Mm. They've kind of modernized them, and they've done like there's a Jughead book where he's a werewolf. There's yeah. uh, uh, they brought back Sabrina the Teenage Witch that yep. and it's made it a legitimate uh, horror comic. Right. And there's there have been vampire comics. I think there was a Veronica vampire comic. Jeez. And um, so yeah, they're really trying to to. I mean, I, I you go to the the grocery store and you still, still see the little like Archie the old digest, digest one yeah, with yeah. the old style stuff. Mm-hmm. But for the comics market, they're trying to you know. Been around a long time. Good luck to him. Go with that. I mean, it's doing well, at least Netflix wise. Really? And Bella is joining me now. Um, She's gorgeous. (laughs) So. um, It's like, you talking about me? Mike Norton, who's a comic artist that I know, and he's like, he's a big dog person. And uh, he actually had a t shirt made that uh, says, Relax, I'm just checking out your dog. No. So that, like, if you see like a woman walking with a dog, she, you know, I'm not creeping on you, lady. I'm just right. looking at the dog. It's like, right, read my yeah. shirt. Yeah, it's um. So I actually, I picked up. I met you at Caddy Wampus okay. in November, and I picked up uh, the After Houdini book. Oh, okay, right on, right on. Right. So that's because that was. I think that had just come out in November, or like yeah, it, it had. It uh, it. When did it come out? November sounds right. October, I think. Maybe October. Gotcha. Maybe October. So it was relatively new at the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a cool run. And then there's going to be a follow-up comic. There's a second one coming out in July. And did you I'm get to draw say. that one as well? Yeah. 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 I drew that cool. one. And um, yeah. And and somebody told me that you, I don't know if you can talk about it. You can always I can't really. I'm working, can't on, some, I'm working okay. on something of my own. That's that more I'm personal, right? Excited. Yeah. Well, you know, I've, I posted something about it online the other day that I stopped short of saying it's personal because there's a talking animal in it. And, oh. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's not a personal project. Like I'm telling stories of my difficult childhood, but it's or, your creation, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, but it's, it's the book. It's, Everything that I love about comics, but have been told throughout my career, oh, that won't sell. Gotcha. So I'm doing it as a comic book, you right? Know, and, and, and you know, I'm doing it at the perfect time to prove all of them right because no comics sell really. But, uh, <laughs> but jokes I, on I, you. Yeah, I'm getting to do my own thing, and I'm uh-huh. um, which is awesome. Yeah, and I still um, own a part of it. So yeah. if it's you know, gonna and I've, I made a deal with people that I still retain some ownership, but I get a, an upfront page rate, which is a uh, a difficult thing. To, you, know, you can go through Image or something like that, and I mean, some people get some money up front, but I, right. I, I'm pretty sure at least the standard deal kind of was you give them their comic and they do it for you, right? Uh, print it mm-hmm. for you, but there was no upfront money. And I'm like I said, I'm an old man. I'm married, and I can't live on ramen for months while I work 20 hours a day doing a comic book anymore. So right. it's really important to find a publisher to uh, get me a little cheese up front. And it seems like, I mean, some of the opportunity now in a comic world might even just be having the IP. Like if you own yeah. that, like I mean, Mark Miller with Miller World didn't he sign a deal with Netflix for 
something like that. All the Miller World stuff, I maybe. think, went to Netflix. Like maybe. just having the IP because everybody's so content hungry. Yeah. If you can yeah. put something new and creative out there, like I want to see Mark Bernardin's Genius as a movie. I think that. Have you read that? No. It is. Really? really, really good. Yeah, right on. Mark Bernard and his genius. Mark Bernardin uh, wrote the comic Genius. Okay, and it's like a young African American girl in South Central LA kind of area, uh-huh. and, but she's like the Alexander the Great of our time. Like she's just a military genius. Oh, and right it's on. This it's it's awesome. That sounds it's awesome. Really, really good. That sounds awesome. It's really cool. Yeah, I don't read as many comics as I, I feel like. I I wish I could support more. And we're even lucky in, you know, Fayetteville's a pretty small town. Yeah. But and but for its size, Rock Bottom's a great comic shop. He oh, carries yeah. a lot of independent stuff that in larger cities you go to and mm-hmm. they claim, oh, we can't sell independence. Um, but he's doing it. Right. But even so, he can't order everything. Right. And comics have gotten to be expensive enough now that I could go through the diamond, but you know, am I going to spend a hundred dollars this week trying new comics? Yeah. So in independent stuff, you don't know it's right away. Like there's yeah. not the same marketing budget. So you kind of find it by word of mouth yeah. later. Well, that is, I, I kind of hate social media, but one of the good things, like I'm reading murder Falcon right now and mm-hmm. I love that comic book and it's just goofy fun. And the only reason I know about it is someone posted, uh, a piece of artwork from it, or they retweeted right. the artist. He posted it, and 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 I saw it. And I thought, God, man, the drawing is beautiful. And Murder Falcon, what a great silly name, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's like, but, but I think like for the the after Houdini book, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have known that if it hadn't been posted. Well, I think most people didn't know about somebody it, uh, according to the numbers that we got. And I'm well, my <laughs> thing, like I'm not super super in the comic world. I've yeah. had like a on again and off again relationship with yeah comic books and i tend to do like limited series stuff because i can yeah stay with it long enough to you know like to your point it's expensive so if you can make a limited commitment okay i'll try this for four yeah you know i'll do like i love like uh short like mark miller stuff tends to be like shorter runs on some of some of the things he does uh warren ellis has had some like good right like so there's some Mm -hmm. stuff that you can just pick up and read like 12 maybe 20 issues and then you're good yeah but then like x-men is like seven thousand issues who can with 90 crossovers i'm like i can't try and if you haven't been reading it for the last 10 years none of it's going to make any sense to you anyway so yeah so there's there's some complications there aaron what's your relationship with comic books it's been a while (laughs) yeah yeah you've seen a movie probably a few, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's the yeah. what. How do, so? So you had no interest in having me on here. It's all <laughs> no, 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 no. That is, that <laughs> is definitely not so, true. Hey, that's so, never the case. Uh, you haven't listened to the show. I, I, I bet. it's okay. Sorry, you're not I gonna. I, I mean, neither has our mothers. You know, like yeah. <laughs> have our mothers. <laughs> yeah, uh, I haven't either. So yeah, this actually basically just started as. We thought a podcast would be a good idea. We talked about it for a long time. Why right? not? And Everybody it, else has one. Yeah, it seems like yeah. it. But our our idea was let's just talk to different types uh-huh. of creators. Just yeah. bring somebody in. We're yeah. just going to talk about whatever you want to talk about. But it's kind of just listening to creative people think out loud, right? <laughs> Years and, ago, um, that this back before like the internet and all that. Uh, I living in Austin, Texas. I worked at like the 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 big re- indie record store there. Right. And so I was friends with musicians and cartoonists and all that. And I used to, uh, 
I used to be a, a big pothead and there was a musician that I worked with at this record store that he and I were like really good buddies and yeah. he played in all types of bands and jazz bands and funk bands and rock and roll bands, shoegazer stuff. And he and I would uh, fairly regularly, like about once a week or so, would go get baked and go to this Chinese buffet. Yeah. And there was this one table that was up on... Uh, it was a raised area. It was almost like a stage. And he and I used to always talk about, uh, there was the, the access TV channels in uh, uh, Austin was really great. Yeah. Um, and we used to always sort of, you know, we were baked, so we would joke around about we needed to start an access cable show, and we would do it at this Chinese place, <laughs> and we call it Feed Us for Free. And we would do it there <laughs> long enough that hopefully we would start to get sort of a crowd, and people would start to show up, and we could say to the owner, see, we're Feed Us for Free. We're bringing you customers. Mm -hmm. And then once we, if we could do that... Then we would move to other restaurants. We'd take the show on the yeah. road and go, oh. hey, we'll feed us for free. Will you feed us for free? Mm -hmm. And then you could even get a remote and go knock on somebody's door. Excuse me. Make me a sandwich. This is you the know? best idea. Yeah, we're it's a pretty good one. format. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so, yeah, but because mm -hmm. we were stoned and just talking out of our asses, we never uh, did it. But I, to this day, I think... God, that would have been a great idea. To be fair, especially yeah. if Aaron and I are not yeah. stoned, and I think this is a fantastic yeah, idea. Yeah, it's, I but, like you know, food. I'm a yeah. food. I like food. Okay, so burning question for me is: Yes, how did you get into comics? How does this start? Well, I'm old enough that, uh, and a lot of the guys from my age, it was after um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Turtles mm -hmm. came out, and even though people had been like. You know, Sim had been doing Cerebus and other people had been doing independent comics. The the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that it was two guys who did it themselves and published it themselves and had a big hit. It was like a, a, a lightning bolt moment for a lot of cartoonists. Right. And, you know, it was like a punk rock moment. It's like, like holy crap, you hear, musicians you hear this, or, you know, even old, you know, Sex Pistols. Or, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's... Um, holy crap, we can. We can do this ourselves. We don't have to go to um, you know, New York and draw Spider-Man. We can do our own thing. And so buddies of mine and I, we self-published our own comics and met other people who were doing it. And through that, start, you know, publishing our own comics and then would do work in each other's comics. And um, then there was a publisher at the time called Caliber, you know, once we had done enough of our stuff and proven to people that we can actually finish a comic book because, you know, the world is full of people and the comic world is no exception. It's full of people who say, oh, I want to do this, but right. they never finish anything. Yeah. So you've proven on multiple occasions that you can finish it and then with practice, hopefully you get better and go to conventions and uh, I wound up getting some work through Caliber. Mm -hmm. And at the time... Um, DC especially was kind of using Caliber as like a minor league ball club. Okay. Uh, cause like Phil Hester worked through them. I think Mike Allward worked for them. Um, I think Mike Lark may have done something for them. Um, and you know, just worked my way up. And then finally, after doing a little bit for, um, for Caliber, I met Mark Chiarello who was up until very recently, the art director of DC and, um, he and I hit it off. And um, the thing that landed me my first gig at DC, I had heard of a convention in, I think it was Dallas, that James Robinson was going to be there. 
and uh, you know he was writing Starman at the time, okay, and I, I shot uh, um, Mark a message, or it was I actually called him. It was you know when editors would pick up their phone because that's right. how we communicated, <laughs> and I said, "Hey man, could you do me a solid? James Robinson is going to be up in Dallas at a convention." Could you contact him? And I went up and met him, and I showed him more artwork, and he liked it, and I wound up getting a couple of Starman-related gigs. Sweet. So, That's cool. And it just goes from there. Yeah. I think this comes back to the same idea every time, though, of persistence in the craft and being a nice guy people want to work with. Yeah, Axel uh, (laughs) Alonzo has always talked about you have to be two of three things. You have to be nice, fast, or good. And if you're... Good and nice, you don't have to be fast. If you're fast and nice, you don't have to be good. If you're fast and good, you don't have to be nice. So wow. Um, and you know, given my my irregular uh, uh, career, uh, I guess I'm only one of those three things. Fast? No, it ain't fast. Uh-huh. You were on time. You might, yeah, you might be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. But on, on time wasn't here. on the list. No. Oh, and he, fast. And he didn't fast. respond to my alliteration either. Fast. Well, so I don't know if he's nice. <clears throat> you know, maybe John? the fact well, that I didn't <laughs> respond to it. <laughs> yeah, nice. the fact that he's here proves that. So yeah, that's true. He yeah. did show up. Definitely giving us it's, a chance. Uh, yeah, yeah, very kind of you. It's, so he's generous. So I've been. Did, you, did anybody ever watch Boston Legal? Yeah. So I somehow wasn't able to watch the last season, and it's on Amazon now. So I've been going through the last season. I've always enjoyed the writing on that show. Did uh-huh. you watch it all the way to the end? Uh, no, I, I watched here and there. The last season of it, David E. Kelly just goes for it and uh-huh. just starts like almost breaking the fourth wall. Uh-huh. They get very hyper aware of what's going on around them. Yeah. And one of the last lawsuits they do is suing the television network for getting rid of good TV because they know they're canceled at the start of this. Sort of like, what was it? They sue the television networks for not having programming aimed at 50 and up. It's like, it, it's... The writing gets almost better because it yeah. just starts to, ah, we don't care anymore. I yeah. mean, there's just like, it's really, sometimes knowing that it, that you're not worried about the next check coming. Yeah, right? well, you like, look at like some of the great comic runs in, in comics were when nobody was looking, like Miller's Daredevil. It's like, yeah, this book isn't selling anyway. So yeah, we'll let the kid write the thing. And it's <laughs> one of the greatest comic book runs of all time. Yep. Uh, Neil Adams on X Men. Nobody was looking. Nobody cared. So, you know, yeah. Sometimes that happens. There, there, Alan Moore on Swamp Thing. Yes. Arrested there, Development. There's that period of time. <laughs> H. That's true. Whatever they were dropping hints the whole time. Yeah. You know, with abbreviations and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There, yep. Firefly. <laughs> well, which was in the can before it hit the air. Shout out, Sorry, Heather. Heather. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And there's a quiet person that hangs out in the corner. And yeah, I'm, I'm still mad yeah. about Firefly with like, but even more mad than that, I'm mad about uh, My Name Is Earl. Oh, that was such a great show. Oh, I know. And then we don't know whose uh, kids they are, <laughs> and we don't know what happened with Earl and uh, Little Chubby. But to be fair, are we sometimes not better off not knowing the answer? No. D- didn't Solo teach us that? <laughs> I like Solo. I don't know I, I why people don't. It. It's. I think it is the best new Star Wars movie. Really? I'll go back By and watch it, I guess. I haven't, I, I I haven't seen it. I think it's like, mile. I don't... Sometimes I'm okay with I'm okay with not knowing. Like, I'm okay uh-huh. with the mystery of... Uh-huh. Um, so you don't a, like knowing... It's, it's not the quality of the movie so much, as, or maybe it is. It's you don't want to know his backstory. Right. 
Like, I don't need that. Yeah. Well, like, oh, uh, what was that old man Logan or whatever it was, or where they gave uh, Wolverine's backstory? I don't want to know it. Oh, yeah. I always thought it was cool picking up a, and he'd meet Nick Fury and he'd go, oh, yeah, we served in World War II together. It's like, how old is this guy? Yeah. yeah. And you just don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then when they fill out all that, yeah, it wasn't called Old Man Logan. What was it? It may have just been called Logan. Or Death of Logan or I think it was Logan like was yeah. the mm-hmm. original thing. And then Old Man Logan is actually yeah. a fantastic run. Um, but yeah, like, you know, Vader is almost better as this. I, I think it, this is a good conversation to have and it ties in the mm-hmm. Joker movie. So I think that new Joker movie looks really good, like just visually looks good. And I think it's an interesting story, but I don't want to know the Joker's background. Yeah. I don't want to know the mystery of him. And they create, I think Heath Ledger did a good job yep. with that. Christopher Nolan and Heath mm-hmm. Ledger's take on that. He had a couple of different things on that, like where he said, want to know how I got these scars, you yeah, know, but he alludes changes. two different, right. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really good, but for sure. What I was having a conversation with somebody and we were like, if this is just somebody's, if you could look at all of this stuff as just an interpretation of where we think he could have come from, I'll accept that. But like, I almost don't want that. Well, that's the thing. The They're all imaginary scary, stories. Right? So right. it doesn't matter. It's all and imaginary. Right. It doesn't matter. And even if they do make this canon, it'll only be canon until the next remake. Until somebody redoes so it. Who cares? And, and it's not something, and I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, don't mess with my Joker. It's just that idea that, uh, the Alfred Hitchcock notion that sometimes things off screen are more mm-hmm. scary and you can fill in some, we had that conversation with like a designer not that long ago. Yeah. yeah. And it like, do you really want to know? No. You know, I mean, that's what I'm, that's no. all I'm getting. I think it like, leads, sometimes it leads, we're better off like, leads more to the imagination for yeah. sure. Of like, it creates great water cooler conversation. It creates mm-hmm. awesome fan fiction. It, cre- right? Yeah. Like all these True. things that you True. can fill in your own. Well, I just kind of see all the new Star Wars movies as fan fiction anyway. Yeah, I think yeah. that's Because uh, none of them, I don't really think of any of them as Star Wars other than the first three are the only three Star Wars right. movies. And by that, I mean four through six. Right. The rest of it is just... And see, I'm not precious about Star Wars, so I'm like, care. okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. like, I like. I mean, I've last, watched them all but Solo. The Last Jedi one? Solo is but great. It's, but I, it's, it's, I just haven't yeah. seen it. It's not that I'm not going yeah. to. On, but I mean, I'd be interested in yeah, watching it just to see, what it's, right just to see what it's like. I mean, I watched... Those other two Fantastic Four movies. Yeah, I'll admit to watching it. I didn't have to like it, but I mean, I still watched it. You know, kind Taken of just is to like see a what straight science fiction and not the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. The recent one where there was what? the whole. Well, see, it? I haven't seen that yeah. one. It wasn't it, bad. It looks no, cool though. Taken as a straight science fiction mm-hmm. movie, it was like, well, this is okay. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that one, but yeah. it's that's kind of the other two as well. Like, well, yeah, those even are with just, Jessica yeah. Alba and Michael Chiklis. She's horrible. <laughs> I was just saying someone whose name I knew in that movie. Yeah. I don't, sometimes <laughs> Steve you, Rogers is. Yeah. Sometimes you wonder the decisions. I don't. This gets beat to death. But yeah. I do think that every film. I think I have a hard time imagining a filmmaker coming to the table with anything but the best intentions because it takes so long to get from start to end. Well, that you don't know what they're dealing with from uh, what's on an the editorial level. Saying? Like what? Yeah. The, yeah. Oh. You've got to have this a, in there. Can't have it without that. You yeah. know, I'm sure it's places Pepsi can right here. You know, and we as an audience like <laughs> are never in it for music, art, whatever. Like we want what we've always had, but somehow nerd slightly is new. The worst. I, nerd culture has definitely gotten a little more heated, I think. But I think also because we've dug into it more than we have. Nerds are fine. In the past, nerd culture time. is terrible. You get a yeah. group of any people in a large. 
you, know, you get a large group of anybody and they're just the worst people in the world. But nerds one-on-one for the most part, aside from some of the body odor issues, are, <laughs> are fantastic people. I love comics and the people that I meet in comics. But you, you, you get a herd of nerds and it's just... And becomes Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was going to bring that in. I like Big Bang Theory. Yeah, well. And it's sometimes filmed in front of a live audience, I think. I don't mind Big Bang Theory. See, oh. It's, he doesn't watch it. I haven't it. watched it in a long time. <laughs> I haven't watched it in a long time. Anyway. That's fine. I haven't watched it in a long time either, but John is welcome back anytime, <laughs> yeah. man. Just well, that out there. Well, I once get, I can announce the I, thing that I can't announce yet, I'll come back on and I'll perfect. just say, yeah, hey, it's cool. this and it's from them and it's coming <laughs> out It'll be now. five minutes yeah. of just yeah. like, and we're back. Yeah. Um, I can say that the thing that I'm working on, I'm very, very excited about. It's awesome. the, the most excited I've been about anything probably since I first broke into comics. That's awesome. So. Sweet. Must be super. Well, I hope so. I'm I hope gonna, people like it. Well, let me know, and I'll buy at least one copy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You've sold one, sir. Fan. For sure. I'll buy it. Okay, two. Do you want me to read it Is this like you? a... a pe- <laughs> How do you read pictures, Daniel? There's is it a menu? Words, <laughs> most likely. Um, so going... Should, go ahead. My question was weird. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I'm going to tie this back into your artistry. Did you go, like, is this something you've worked on since you were a kid? The you book know? that I'm working on now that I can't talk about? No, anything other than that. Like um, your, you mean just draw, like... Just, just drawing like when you start in general? Drawing? Yeah, when did you start drawing? Everybody draws when they're little. It's just right. most people have the good sense to stop. <laughs> that's that's my standard. True. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a good one. Yeah. When did you know you wanted to become a... Um, well, you know, when I was growing up, I uh, even when I sang in bands when I was in high school. I played football... Um, friends of mine, I would draw pictures of what we thought we, I, you know, this is what we're going to be like when we're grownups. Mm-hmm. And no matter what that was that I thought I wanted to be, I was drawing pictures of it. And then eventually uh, it was like, oh, okay. You know, and I'm good then at this. Uh, yeah. I was, uh, um, back before social media, you'd go into a comic book shop and back behind the, the register, there would be drawings from, local comic mm-hmm. book fans. And uh, that's something that I kind of miss about comic shops. Um, and I had a drawing up there and there mm-hmm. were some guys that were probably about five years older than me who were wanting to do comics. And one of them said, Oh, that guy can kind of draw. And so I met them and started hanging out and really kind of like focused me. on it's like, Oh yeah, I, comics is what I could do. Because at that point I didn't really know I loved to draw, mm-hmm. but even though I and even though I was reading comic books, it never even occurred to me. Oh, I could draw comic books, um, because they were still just this thing that seemed so alien to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but they sort of pointed me on that path of oh, okay, yeah, I can draw instead of just drawing single pictures. I can learn how to put string several of them together and make a story. And then, like I said, shortly after that, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out, and it was just an epiphany. I was mm. like, holy crap, yeah, we can do this. But you're a writer as well. Because you're, are you writing this I'm book? I'm writing the thing. I would about? never say I'm a writer. Um, I think you I should am, say you're a writer for the <coughs> book you're writing that you're trying to well, sell. Well, I am a cartoonist <laughs> who is trying to write. I'm gotcha. a cartoonist who's writing. It's the ish point. One day we'll have a theme song, but I kind of don't want to change it because we never know what around ish <laughs> ish around All you around ish <laughs> around I'm around ish shape. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> let's stick with hipster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. I'm hitting the elliptical hard until death ray. 
by the way. Yeah. Oh, um, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. uh, you know what I could do is just wear like a fat suit up until death ray. So then at death ray, I'd look away thinner. Peel it off and they're like, look up. No, Look what you've done. That's just no. weird. No, I guess you're right. Never <laughs> so mind. So anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this episode, th- this is just, this is one of those things that like when we started the show, you kind of hope one day you get to talk to people like this, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and with our commitment of doing everything in person, there right. are some things that we just know are down the road or we may never get to. Right. And then you keep finding these people living in town. Uh-huh. And it blows my mind. Yep. It really does. It just never ends. Every time we talk to somebody about the show, I know you talk about this all the time. All and people the time. are like, where do these people live? Mm-hmm. Apparently down the street. My son was reading the Death Ray poster. Yeah. And he pointed a name. I said, lives here. Yeah. Pointed another name. I said, lives here. Yeah. And then almost everybody on that poster lives here. Yeah. But, you know, I was talking to a, a younger person at, my job the other day just a customer that was in and she wants to be an artist and you know she's talking about like well you really have to travel whatever and i was like no you don't like that's all here like and you should come to death ray yes <laughs> but uh p.s if you want tickets for death ray go caddywampus.com mm-hmm. or check out the look what i did page or the death mm-hmm. ray page or it's it should be all over the place should be but um yeah being able to tell this i think she was 14 and just being able to tell her like there's a community here that supports your endeavors. There are people here that mm-hmm. are, have walked the path you want to walk. Yep. Those people are around you. Mm-hmm. Just ask questions, ask for help, ask for guidance. There isn't a single person on this show that I don't believe would sit down and help you if you asked for help. Yep. You know. Speaking like, of, at the uh, Nerd Prom, I saw Chad sit down with a kid. It was probably seven or eight. Yeah. And I just sat there and watched. You know, this kid in, takes some time with this guy that he looks up to. Everyone looks up yeah. to, you know. Well, because he's literally and seven. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was just like, man, that is, that's what it's about right there. Right. Is motivation and uh, what's the other word for it? Inspiration. Inspiration. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not a single person we've talked to, not one, that wouldn't take time out of their day to help you out. Yep. You know, like if you're interested you're right, in your thing. You're right. You're correct. And, and then just looking at the fact that, all of the people we talk to, by and large, make a living doing what they do. Mm-hmm. So that's you're also living in a community filled with people that support your thing. Right. There is no right. reason to not get up. Mm-hmm. It's summertime, right? So yep. for you know younger listeners, you, it might be summer, like no school, whatever. Um, days are slightly longer if you do have a day job, so you have more daylight hours at the end of the day to get some stuff done. Like mm-hmm. there's no reason not to get up and try your thing. Yep, you know. You just show up, and this could be a moment that changes everything. Yeah. You know? It's just starting. Right, it, it could be. I'm reading awesome. that new Adam Savage book, Every Tool's a Hammer. Mm-hmm. It, if, if you like making stuff, creating stuff, I think, regardless of whether it's like quote unquote maker community, mm-hmm. that book is a valuable resource to people that just want to get stuff done. It's mm-hmm. really, yeah, I find it. So I'm not super far in, I'm about a hundred pages in, but I found it very, it's actually a helpful tool. It's not just a recounting of mm. how he got to where he is. It right. is how he does what he does, but not specifically like making a spacesuit or whatever. I mean, he uses those examples, right, right. To illustrate, but the very first, almost the, after the introduction part of the book, like the very first real chapter is the power of checklists. 
Yeah. Like literally, well, actually it's lists, like making lists. And then the next chapter after that is the power of the check mark, <laughs> like like checking it <laughs> off as you go. I'm uh-huh. not kidding. And it's like, I made it sound kind of dumb, but it's really not. And he, and he goes into why that matters and how that works. And it's really, it's interesting. But anyway, I've kind of yammered for a while. Share the show. Share it. Share it with a friend. Go mm-hmm. to uh, lookwhatidid.net for photos from past guests. Yes. Photos of uh, John Lucas mm-hmm. this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you can listen to past episodes there. You can look at merch there. Aaron and I cannot wait to meet you guys in person yeah. at Death Ray. We yep. are super excited about doing a live show. Mm-hmm. Regardless of how the live show goes, we're super excited about meeting you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Very much so. And I think that's going to be a ton of fun. So we look forward to it. Um, and yeah, otherwise, I guess back at it. Back at it. Here right. we go. Here's the rest of Mr. John Lucas. But you're a writer as well. Because you're, are you writing this? I'm book writing that the we're thing I would about? never say I'm a writer. Um, I think you I should am. say you're a writer for the book you're writing that you're trying to well, sell. Well, I am a cartoonist <laughs> who is trying to write. I'm gotcha. a cartoonist who's writing. So you, you don't have a background of writing, though. You were mostly the visual guy. No, but I've always, I feel like, excuse me, i got to take a drink because I'm about to cough. Drink break. Because there's a film of green uh, <coughs> pollen mm, on the yeah. cars. Yep. But I've, I've, and I've been told by, like, writer buddies of mine that they love the ideas that I come with and that, you know, I'll make suggestions that they're interesting or at the very least open up other ideas of, like, right. oh, I could do this. And so I've always had ideas. What I think I really lack is that writery brain ability to tile those ideas together into, like, one cohesive story. And so that's what I'm trying to learn how to do now. And I have... Uh, the thing that I'm working on now, I've written some short stories and stuff, but that doesn't really count. Um, mm, it's exercising it. It is, but as far as a, like a long form story right. that continues over several issues for you know 60, 80 pages, that's right. a totally different animal. Um, <clears throat> uh, I've, I'm writing the again. Don't want to give away too much, but the 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 book is. Um, kind of formatted formatted like a, a golden age comic with okay. multiple stories in it and there is a lead story that runs through the entire thing and then there is a backup that runs through the entire thing and then between each of them will be a standalone short story focusing on one of the supporting cast or the main character gotcha. and I'm writing all of those I'm writing the lead and then one of my oldest friends who's a good writer mm. uh, I told him kind of what I wanted and said these are kind of the beats that I want to hit and this is where I, how I want it resolved right and he's writing that mm. I like how you gave yourself a fairly challenging writing task for your first go out I mean because that's multiple threads that have to be maintained and then little bite-sized bits that have to pop up every however many issues you're planning on running or whatever that yeah gonna and go. well I mean I'm really yeah. only writing one long form story. And then just breaking it up, maybe. And it's broken up into four parts. Gotcha. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, that task is more than I've ever done to this right. point. But I have my buddy who's writing the backup who we can read all the material we, and help. Yeah, yeah. I, I throw everything his way after I'm done and go, what do you think about this? And to this point, he's everything that he's read, he's gone, this works. Yeah. 
you know, it's, or maybe, you know, here's a note on this maybe. And sometimes I'll do it. And sometimes I go, no, I want this. I just got the first draft of a uh, Mark McCann's novel. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. 150,000 words. Wow. I was like, okay, my work cut out. Uh, 150,000 should put it, uh, that's probably going to put it close to like the 400 mark somewhere in there. Okay. It's a pretty lengthy first draft, but yeah, that like, it's good to have that person that can sit there and just kind of like that you trust to just read through something and give you the, here's what I think. It really, yeah. it really helps any writer. I think you had a question. How long have you been working on this? Um, well, I drew a big chunk of it about 15 years ago. <laughs> And so, and I had the idea for what I wanted to write kind of in my head, but as a cartoonist, I drew, thumbnailed it Mm -hmm. and then drew it and then scripted it as I was kind of going along. And in all the years that have passed, I've, there were things that I hated about it. So some pages I just redrew altogether. I added some pages because... And the years passed and learning more about writing and telling a story, I thought, well, I can't just drop this in later. I need to foreshadow it, you know. And so I, I, I dropped that in. And then there are other pages where it's like, you know, I like this well enough, but I'm going to go in some whiteout and redraw these hands and draw a patch panel for this. And, uh, and then the backup, um, I just completely redrew because mm-hmm. that was the first thing that I drew. Um, and... I hadn't figured the characters out and it was just wasn't as good. So I just redrew the whole thing and I finished that last night. So the first issue, um, aside from a couple of things I need to tweak are, is done except for the short story. So nothing overnight. That's no, it's like Jurassic park. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there a tagline 75 billion years in the making or something? Oh, geez. Yeah. That was a good yeah. tagline. Yeah. actually. Um, but I'm kind of glad. I mean, I mean, it's been frustrating over those, however many like, probably about 15 years of like waiting to get this thing done. But yeah. I'm glad that it's happening now because I've learned more about storytelling and all of that time. And I can go back and like I said, I added a page mm-hmm. so that, okay, you know, it's going to be a tighter story. Yeah. For the best. As opposed to just a bunch of stuff happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And having good help too, I'm sure with yeah. the, your friend that's going to do yeah. the other parts that's of that. Awesome. I'm super excited for this. I think it'll be cool. Me too. You're probably more excited even than <laughs> yeah. I am, but I'm pretty excited. About yeah, it. But yeah. I feel like, yeah, yeah. And, and the handful of friends that, that are in the, that know that right. it's happening because they know that I've wanted mm-hmm. it to to do it for so long, and they're excited for me, and they're excited to see it because you know yeah. they were excited 15 years ago when I started it, right? And it was. It became that thing of. So when are you gonna? And it's like I, I would just tell them. It's like don't even. It's ask gonna me. be a web comic <laughs> one day. Stop. I'm yeah. just gonna just put it. Don't out. even ask yeah. me because I'm not talking about it until I can yeah. do it again. So has this been one of the favorite things you've worked on, or what are some of the favorite things you've done that you found the most joy in? Um. Yeah, it probably is my favorite thing that I've worked on because it's the most me. And you know, like I said, it was the. It's the most excited I've been about a comic since I broke into comics. Because when you break in. And there are different breaking in. There's, you know, our, our first uh, self-published thing. It's like, yeah. yeah, we made this comic. And and then you get your job for the first indie publisher. And it's like, yeah, somebody's actually paying me to make comics, <laughs> even though it was like 50 bucks a page or, or you know, whatever I got paid. And then, um, then first DC and then first Marvel. So there's wow. these different milestones that 
that get you excited. And just a little while back, I did something for Mad Magazine. And, you know, it's like... That's, all no of that's cool. Just of, of a certain age group, all of us, the first comic we ever read, you know, aside mm-hmm. from what was in the newspaper, were, was Mad Magazine. Yeah. So I, mm-hmm. I got my, my bucket list off, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and But as you get older, and I've been doing this for, you know, 25 years now, um, probably, well, my first... Well, yeah, certainly. Well, yeah, certainly 25 years going all the back or hell, going back to the self-publishing stuff, 30 years now. Right. You know, you still get those, oh, awesome, but it's it diminishes. And every now and then something like, you know, being in Mad Magazine, it's like, oh, I'm in Mad Magazine. Yeah. That little kid, like, <laughs> geek out happens. Mm-hmm. And with this now, there's, there's a lot of fear because, you know, it's the first long thing I've really written. Um, it will most likely be, well, no, cause I've had another thing that I wrote published, but it was in a thing that I didn't get paid for. I just did it. Right. So it'll, it'll most likely be my first professional writing job. Um, and it's mine. So mm-hmm. there's ton, there's terror, oh, but yeah. there's also a real excitement of, and especially I, I, as old as I am, I still feel like I've never done anything that really represented who I am as an artist. Right. I mean, there have been a little things here and there, but it's mostly been a hired collaborative hand. stuff. And that's cool. I liked drawing Deadpool. You know, I, I liked working on X-Men and I drew a Superman story once. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> those are, I'm playing with somebody else's toys and this is, mm. you will never read a comic that's more me. You might not like it, but you know, it's me. It's I mean, it, it page, is. Yeah. I'm I'm making the comic that I want to read. So I've always wondered about that, like people to do artwork for other people's characters that they've made. Like, how enjoyable can that be to a point? Yeah. When it's someone else's, like, everything, and you're there to sort of not diminishing like what you've done on that, but it's just like Some subcontracting. People- you know, for someone else, it's like you know they're getting this, and I'm doing this. Proud to do it, but. You know what is I think some people yours, have a real knack for taking mm-hmm. other people's toys and telling a cool story with it. Yeah, right? yeah and like, I think some people just mm-hmm. have that relationship really with the artwork it. that yeah. that's all they want to do, and that's right. fantastic. You know, yeah. I, there are characters I still want to work on. Yeah, but you know, I don't think everybody really has that. Oh, I want to. I want to do my thing. I think there are some people who are they would be content to draw. Spider-Man for the rest of their life yeah. or, you know, for the, at least the next 10 years, yeah. if they could, they would draw. Cause know. creating whole cloth is a different desire in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would think I may have never written a comic book or drawn a comic book. Yeah. I should draw a comic book. No. <laughs> Oops. I arted again. <laughs> yeah. That's not arting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to kind of sort of stay away from this. I have to geek out for one second because Deadpool is literally my second favorite character of all time. And I bought one of those pages at the, Oh yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, how was that? It was cool. It was cool. I mean, I'd never read a Deadpool comic up to that point, right. and I've never read one since. Fair enough. But I mean, it was. It, I I went into the Marvel offices with in mind to with it in mind to to do Deadpool because mm-hmm. I like humor, and that's one of the few things in comics that you can do that has silly humor. Mm -hmm. To me, I think to me, like visually it, 
allows for some different things than some other comics. Yeah. Would be. Do, I mean, do you think that would hold true that you can kind of play? I would have thought more? so, but uh, if feedback is any indicator, then no, they did not like something <laughs> different. <when I> did. <laughs> uh, they were very adamantly against. Me it seems doing like the comic different. book where you go crazy and just kind of do whatever. Yeah. And no. Well, all no, right. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they like all types of other different types of things happening. Right. They, you know, they're open to things up to a certain point. There's a line in the sand where they drew, uh, right. that they drew. Uh, <laughs> and you were just in reference over to it, John like... Lucas doing something different. <laughs> but that's fine. How dare you? That's yeah. yeah. fine. Well, it still made me happy to have an original piece of Deadpool <laughs> art. Hey, man, if you like it, that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. I, you know, I've, I've only. Come across people who hated my run on Deadpool online. Oh. It oh. shows people come into, oh, I loved your Deadpool run. Well, and I, I would tell them, well, then write an email to the editors. So to be fair, I haven't read a Deadpool comic in a long time. Because yeah. like, it went into the weird House of M stuff for a while. And, and that's like 2005 or something. And I just, I've kind of stayed out of mainstream comics recently. It's yeah. just been... Yeah, if it's not a limited run, and then Deadpool got like five different concurrent titles yeah. at one time, so I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah. I've read your oh, none of it makes of Deadpool, none of it makes sense but... to me anymore. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I, I've have one of my best friends in comics, and this is you know some years ago he did a number one of a comic book, mm-hmm. and a guy that I knew was writing it, and I thought, oh, a number one, I'll be able to make sense of this. Couldn't make heads or tails of it. And there's still so much because it was it was referencing the series that happened right before yep. and an event mm. type thing. And I didn't know what any of those events were. And when I saw my buddy, I said, "Man, I tried to read that book, but I couldn't make I couldn't make heads or tails yeah. of it." And his response was, "Imagine trying to draw it." Oh, yeah. So he didn't understand what yeah. was going on either. So that's, that's where I think graphic novels have gotten so powerful. Right? Yeah. It's kind of these collected, curated stories. Um, or just single long form stories, like even doing a longer work broken into four. Or whatever. It's just yeah. manageable. It's so much to track. What's the hero that you want to do that, or character that you want to do that you haven't done yet? Is uh, there, one? there are a bunch of them. Um, Golden Age Captain Marvel. Shazam. If mm-hmm. I could do him the way that I wanted to, that's number one. But I doubt I would ever get to be able to do it the way that I want to. So, what what's your spin on Captain Marvel? Oh, it's not a spin. Shazam. Just taking it back to what it was, where it was this silly power fantasy about a little boy and his friend who's a talking tiger. Um, I don't have. I don't <laughs> wait. Have, Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> I don't have. I don't have any interest in Shazam making sense in the real world. Right. Well, so I haven't seen the movie yet, but by all indicators, it is. It has kind of embraced that. That's what I've heard. That's what I heard. That's. I mean, I am interested to see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Movie date. Yeah. <laughs> and my wife knows that I love Captain Marvel, and so she asked me the other day if I wanted to see it. Yeah. I was like, ah, I don't know. So my maybe, wife maybe lovingly we'll go. told me I could leave the house and watch it by myself. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but all accounts, it does sound like the DC leaned into the just a little kid who big. I haven't heard anyone say that. that, Well, I haven't heard anyone in person say they don't like it. On the internet, I've seen people crapping on it. But even online, for the most part, it's been pretty positive. Which, Mm -hmm. if you're pretty positive online, you're doing something right. Because, man, that's just a hotbed. I was in the comic shop today, and uh, Alan, the owner, and uh, another guy were in there talking about it and saying that it was good. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely going to take my kids. And that, that, Mm -hmm. to me, that movie has definitely hit the sweet spot of like the kid friendly movie. Yeah. Because some of this other stuff, 
is pushing it a little bit. My kids are older, so it's fine now. But like, yeah. I mean, they started when my kids were five. Like, there's yeah. some of those movies where I'm like, Winter Soldier's not going to make sense uh, to them yeah. when, <laughs> when they're six years Thank old. Thank goodness Logan <laughs> didn't come out back then. <laughs> Logan? Ooh. Logan. My daughter still wants to see Logan so bad. I enjoy, That was one I enjoyed. Yeah. I liked that one. I, well, I agree with that statement of like, it's Shane with Wolverine and in that character's place. Shane. The Don't Western. go Shane. Oh, the Western. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, uh, I mean, interesting. Like, yeah, I think. Well, so many stories are just okay. It's this, or it's, yeah. it follows that mm-hmm. sort of template. So, yeah, and yeah, I'm not going to fault him for that. No, At least I it think... wasn't the other template. The all the other movies. No, I, yeah, no. Well, a Shane is one of my favorite westerns of all yeah. time. B, I thought what made that movie great was saying it doesn't have to be this kind of classic superhero, yeah. giant third act thing. Yeah. It can be this kind of more personal story. And I thought, I think Logan is probably nearly perfect as a movie, as a piece of cinema. And it's awesome in black and white, too. Oh, yeah. Okay. I fell asleep with it playing the other day, and the black and white was going when I woke up, and I was like, I couldn't figure out what was going on. I was like, what? Well, I had a soft spot for Westerns, and it just like hit a lot of those yeah. beats really well, you know? And it was just a cool, it was a cool twist on two different genres. And I think when you blend disparate things together, you oftentimes get like a cool little concoction at the end of it. And I, yeah, Logan's yeah. great. So did did you go to school for art? A little or bit. A little bit? I went to community, community colleges mm-hmm. all across the fair state of Texas. Wow. Yeah, I didn't really want to go to school. Yeah. So we've asked that a lot with a lot of people, and the more and more people that we ask, a few have gone, like you said, you know, to like community college or this, but even some jobs you would think that would take some sort of form of that. It's just, nope. Just loved it a lot and just kept doing it until I got better or, yeah you know well i mean there is no real school i mean there's mm-hmm. there now there are programs and schools yeah. for comic there's an books online or, school 500 bucks a month there and yeah. you can be a comic book artist too <laughs> or there'll be like specialized <laughs> yeah. classes uh-huh. and you know there's the cubert school and you can go to sva and mm-hmm. um i think there's uh savannah has a comic program now but you know when i was a kid you couldn't you took fine arts or you went to commercial art Neither of which really applied. I mean, fine arts was better because at least you got, you know, design. Cl- you know, I'd, I don't know what you would get in commercial art. Uh, but um, but at least in fine arts, you got composition and mm-hmm. and, uh, and figure drawing and, and were exposed to different medium, which I think is important if you're drawing. You should, if it, nothing else, it forces you out of your comfort zone. And so you learn to you're forced to learn something that you didn't mm-hmm. know and that creates sort of a, a creative or intellectual uh, flexibility that comes in common, uh, comes in handy if you, if you're working in any field really mm-hmm. in art, especially what's your, what do you do in your downtime? Like what's your hobby? I don't have one. Don't Nothing have you one. do. In no, I, I, I'm not, a, I'm not a fast artist. So I get up in the morning and I draw my wife comes home and we have dinner and we'll hang out for a little bit. And then I go upstairs and I, I draw. And then around 1030 or so, if she hasn't gone to bed already, I'll go wake her up off the couch and then we go to bed. I mean, I don't, I don't have You're time. You're a workaholic. Well, I'm, I, I know people who are really fast and can do about multiple pages a day. I'm not that guy. Right. I got to work all day long to get anything done, you know, in a reasonable yeah, Span I have no time. idea how... Because you look at a comic book page and it's just like, I don't know what how... Some people can be really fast. And I know people who are fast know, like, and just, I just hate them. Yeah. <laughs> I hate them. I mentioned Mike Norton earlier and that guy, 
you know, he complains about that as he's gotten older, he's gotten slower. I've gotten slower as I've gotten older. Right. Um, but he can still draw like a couple books at a time. You know, his <laughs> idea of slowing down is going from three books to two books at a right. time. And I'm just, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not doing my career any favor by saying it, but it's like, man, I would struggle to get a book a month done. Right. It's just too much work. Right. You know, and I'm, I'm way too... I, I was going back and forth with a buddy of mine today because I sent him the last page that I did and I was looking, it's like, man, I need to redraw this panel. What do you think about this? Does this transition strange or should I pull back from this angle? Because going and and I've you know, I said I finished that story last night. I read started redrawing a panel today because right. I want it to be and especially with it being mine, yeah. I want it to all work. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, the last comic I did on a monthly basis was that arc of Deadpool. And, um, yeah, it was brutal. Just, I would, uh, uh, I was drawing it at a point, we were up in New York and it was just before we moved down here and Mindy had already moved down, had gotten a job and was living with her mother. And I would get up in the morning and draw and the only breaks I would take would be walking Rocco, um, Eating, bathroom, occasional shower. Yeah. And I was, I would work 20 hours a day, Dang. sleep, and wake up, and then work the next 20 hours. So that's not fun. Yeah. So, How, what's the lead time on that? Are you like, on that, the day it was it's done, you have like, it's going to the press the next day or? No, well, it was during that time when they were putting books out like every week or every two weeks. Yeah, yeah. And so they gave me some lead time, but because it was my first issue on it, I've got I I didn't finish it on time and then the script for later one was late. Right. And so by the last one I had to draw 20 pages, comics are 20 pages now, I think, 20 pages in 18 days. That's, that's and, pushing it. Yeah, yeah. So like the last two or three of the five were on about a monthly schedule right? because we had pooched the deadline on the first two. See, I think that's where you just like start doing something where every page is just like one headshot of a person <laughs> talking to a person on this Man. page. Well, like well, the, the thing that's crazy about possible. it is, is you, you when you go through a script, you look at it and you go, okay, I can sort of take off on this page or I can take off on this page because right. this should be easy. A lot of those time, a lot of the times, those are the hardest pages, right? Mm. Because you, I, I kind of psych myself out about it, or because it's just a bunch of heads. Well, I got to get that head just right. Yeah, the tilt of that head, and and you know, I I think I'm just neurotic. You know, you know. So I like because I I'm more written word person. I what brought me into comics were those indie storytellers, right? Like mm-hmm. I didn't pay as much attention to art as much. And the older I've gotten and kind of slowed down reading comic books and paying more attention and then talking to people like you or even Chad or more like visual artists, just realizing the amount of actual art that goes into that. Because as a a consumer like me, you don't think about that. I know that sounds terrible to say, but like... Why would you? You know, it just like... like, It's a cool picture and you don't think about the fact that like somebody's spending as much time doing that as a piece of art you might pay... $500 $500 for a no. $1,000 for if it was on a gallery wall, you know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. just kind of a crazy, like, 
when you flush your toilet, you don't think about what the plumber put into the pipes. Yeah. You just flush the toilet. Yeah. Yep. It's become a commodity. I think yeah. there's not like... A, well, it's know, always it's, been a commodity. Yeah. That's I mean, the thing that always kills me on these Facebook groups. All they care about is the money now. It's just like, surprised. That's all they've ever really cared about. <laughs> you know, what are you doing for free, right? It's a product. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. even Jack Kirby, as brilliant as he was... He was earning a living for his family. Yep, you know, still making so. A any anybody who's just now waking up to the 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 fact that comics are about making money, mm-hmm. you know. I feel like that was the whole industry. The whole yeah, time. unless you're the guy writing or drawing them, because we're not making any money. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, some of us are, but you most, get that, you most get of that us occasional uh, superstar name in there somewhere. I feel like yeah. that's a lot of industries, though. Yeah, probably. Like, most people are just kind of it's a lot of most creative mm-hmm. inter- industries. Oh, I mean, yeah. nobody's making money in music anymore except for the top guys. Yeah, uh, girls. You mean <laughs> it's yeah. literally Taylor Swift? <laughs> well, I guess I mean, Ed Sheeran's in there. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean you're right. Like we had that conversation not that long ago too about like. Mm-hmm. In fact, we have a musician. That episode will come out. What's his face is married Soon. to Beyonce? He's making some money. Jay Z makes Jay-Z money. Jay Z makes yeah, money. Yeah. yeah, but we had um, Mark was on. He lives here, and it's just. He would rather, I mean, world tours, right? Like uh-huh. multiple, multiple world tours with Seal and yeah. other artists or whatever. But it's just not for him. He'd mm-hmm. rather be with his family, yeah. you know, like just something a little well, more. Well, nobody makes money that, off of record sales anymore either. It's yeah. almost my wife and I. My wife and I are music nerds, and we talk about it, you know, pretty often. That now it's kind of gone back to the way it used to be, where the record was just a vehicle for touring. Mm-hmm. You know, you put out a, a single. So that you could tour and make money on T-shirts, yeah, and yep. ticket sales, and then in starting, kind of, I guess, with the Beatles, and then you know, the the rock and roll and pop that came after that were million sellers. Yeah, people started making money off of records, yeah. but yeah. you know, and that went all the way up and really to the '90s, I guess, in the early 2000s, and the emerging technology of this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's hurting everybody. Yeah. Well, is it uh, the F word? That documentary about the oh about the punk dad right the other so, F word like father is, right yeah. father so uh, as they get older this guy's in is it suicidal tendencies uh, anyway like singer for them and he talks about that like uh, as they get older social that distortion guy? that's it and so like it's basically they're having to tour a lot more rise against is actually the guy the whole time nope. is it no it's not he's the main guy who quits. There's two different documentaries the, that are almost no. Well, the same social thing. distortion is still at it. Yeah, so. right. yeah. He's so still it's doing is it. Mike Ness is that Mike, social distortion? And you're thinking of uh, the guy from um, Me First and the Giving Gimmies, Fat Mike. He wears like the cheetah robe. There's two different documentaries that are almost the same thing. No, I'm not. Is it suicidal tendencies nope. guy? And does yours have Blink 22? It's got quite a few people. But anyway, he says <laughs> he talks about like having to tour more and more and more and more because they can't sell albums because. Like you said, with technology, so all the like he's taking time away from his family to tour to make money to support his family, uh-huh. you know, through shirts, merch, all kinds of yeah, all and kinds of everything, but you know, being able to just stay at home and maybe work a different less. documentary, but same concept of it was this one of the guys is talking about the fact like we're 50 
we're playing these punk rock shows from when we were 25. Yeah. And so now I have to dye my hair and I have to, you know, uh-huh. like wear a cap so I don't look bald, like all this stuff to make it look like you're still living yeah. this show from 20 years ago. But there was never an exit strategy. Yeah. Like there just wasn't. Well, and those guys probably didn't never imagine they, they would be making a no. living doing that anyway. Yeah. Well, and I think the punk world is probably a little bit different, but you uh, talking to Mark, like he flat out said there were some, there's members of the Eagles who are real estate agents in their downtime. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's just the record sales aren't there. Yeah. And everyone That's thinks, oh, you've got it. it made, you know, you're doing this, you know, and it's just like the money's just rolling in, Yeah, you know, and it's... Yeah, when people on, on social media talk about, like, comic book artists being money hungry, I just, I, I do, I want to reach through my phone and just slap the shit out of them. Well, I mean, to be I mean, fair... The best you, and now, granted, I You am, go hungry am, if you don't have money. Yeah, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm a D-list, right? I'm a bottom feeder in the comics world, really. I mean, it's like I've been working forever... But I'm not a name, you know. I'm not someone who you go, oh yeah, that John Lucas guy. It's like you meet me and you say, oh, what have you done? And I said, oh, I did this and this and this. And you go, oh, you know, you don't know. Yeah, me. yeah. Um, Although I can name the two best, artists. yeah, like the best year. <laughs> Todd McFarlane, I remember that yeah. one. The best years I've ever yeah. had, I made like what a second, third year teacher did. Right. So yeah, it's you know, and and. Again, there are people who are regular artists and writers who are making, you know, much better money than that. But most of us, man, we're yeah, we're just guys out working. I think. Well, I, I compare being a comic book artist to being in a band a lot. Yeah, you know. So I think that creative field in general, like you've got to be passionate about it because the yeah. breakthrough Russo brothers or yeah. Christopher Nolan's or McFarlane's or whatever, like those. People are still 1% of the industry that was already 1% or 10% to get into. You know, like yeah. it's hard to get into mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I think sports are the same, and I don't know anything about sports, but like you have all those guys who make a couple hundred thousand dollars, which is great, but there's only a couple guys on the team that are making those like crazy $70 million dollar that you hear about. You yeah. know? Does it doesn't mean it's not any less hard to get into those. Like, yeah, it's super hard. Those other guys, it's big guys. Oh, yeah. You have to do yeah. it because you love. Mm-hmm. What yeah. you're doing? Have you seen that thirty for thirty on? Uh, 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 if it's anything, athletes. Oh, who, the uh, financial one. Yeah, the financial yes. one yeah. where, like, you know, the the linemen they yep. go out and they want to keep up with the running backs. Yep. and they're only making a fraction of what those guys. Mm-hmm. Are. Yeah. yeah, but everyone thinks so. You're in the NFL. You're yeah, making so you're millions, yeah. right? Yeah, no, and, yeah. and how limited that <laughs> career is. Yeah. Like yeah. you could argue Short. be an artist until you're yeah. Until in the ground, my really, arthritis probably, gets so yeah, bad, like, I can't hold a pencil and I can't football, see anymore. you've got five years, yeah. maybe ten. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it feels like you can't have that long. It's, and it can end like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, if you think about their rate of pay, it's really not that great, no. ultimately. Well, that got said. Um, yeah. So, so <laughs> if a younger person, say my daughter or somebody, wanted to try to go into comic books, what, what, would, what piece of advice would you give her? What would you tell her if she was looking at that? Ah, oh, geez. Um, well, what I tell people at at, uh, at conventions, you know, just I tell them to study figure drawing, study story to visual storytelling, and not just comics, but look at old classic film that is told well. Um, and I don't know. Uh, I usually have a spiel that I tell people at the comic conventions. This is not coming. Out. Well, when you if you're going to school for art, because a lot of the people that come up with their parents 
And so I'm talking to the parents as right. much as the kid because the kids start glazing over as soon as they realize that you're not going to tell them that, oh, you're so great. You know, here, this is the editor. They're going to give you a job. Uh, I always tell the parents that when you're going to school, yeah, take all the art classes, but take business classes, take accounting classes, take, uh, you know, because you're not only do you have to do your job, but you've got to market your stuff mm-hmm. and uh, know how to present it to get the work. And then once you get the work, you got to do your taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, I got into tax trouble years ago because I was just this dopey kid who, oh, I made some money this year. Right. I didn't know about withholding taxes. my taxes yep. and, mm-hmm. you know, filling it, making sense of all that paperwork. And so <laughs> being a dummy, I just let it slide. And I go to the comic shop one day and there's a hold on my bank account. So I had to figure it out real quick. And now I got a tax guy. Yeah. You know, my wife and I this past weekend sat down and added up all of our our receipts and filled out the paperwork and sent it to our tax guy. So huh. tax guys are great yeah. things. And you know, and to that, it's like I've hung out with like really young, like aspiring cartoonists, artists, writers, whatever, and we'll be at dinner and I grab my, you know, my my receipt and write something on it, and they're like, "Oh my god!" It's like, "Yeah, dude, you can keep receipts. You got to write this crap <laughs> this is off." It's a business meal. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, yeah, we need to have more business meetings at restaurants when we eat and just write that down. <laughs> also, the podcast needs to start making some kind of money, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it pays less than being a comic book artist <laughs> doing this. This is. A, is it possible to be in the negative? Like, <laughs> you got a just, nice house, though, yeah. man. You're doing all right. <laughs> Not from it, the podcast. It, it, His uh, wife has a great job. Job. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, I work <laughs> pretty you know, hard too. I know Daniel works pretty hard too. <laughs> that's the great thing about being artists, right. though. And what I tell a lot of these kids, it's like, you know, even if you wind up doing something else, you've always got this for the rest of your life. Yep. I mean, when I was a, a kid working in record stores or comic shops or bookstores, wherever I was working, I could go home and draw. And that was my catharsis, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like I well, could get all of that energy from that crappy job that I hate. And I, as far as like crappy jobs go, I worked at record stores and comic shops, but still you want to get home and work all that crap out. And you know, if at some point it all really goes South and I got to go be a greeter at Walmart, or I can still go home. I can still go home and draw a little story about (laughs) it. You know, well, Aaron and I actually met playing in a band together years ago and played Mm -hmm. on and off. I was in the band for 10 years about, but like, yeah, there came a point where it's like, oh, I just want to be married and have kids. And like, so I've got to, I had to let that go. It just wasn't, it didn't make any money for me, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it, but <laughs> we stayed in touch and we, and like, I look at it this way, like the, that job I do during the daytime pays for me to be able to do the other fun stuff. And it yeah. doesn't stop me from coming home and making a silly show where I talk to cool people about yeah. cool stuff, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't stop me from playing music with my friends, recording a song with my daughter yesterday. Like if that, and I actually didn't stumble on that thought process because it was like, man, I just want to get out. Like I want, I just want to do what I love uh-huh. every day and not do this other thing. Yeah. And I was reading this book called quitter and he was like that. That's one boss you have to deal with that makes the rest of your life possible. Like, yeah. is that a worthwhile trade? Yep. And once I started thinking about it that way, it was like, this isn't so bad. No, like my job's not that hard, yeah. you know? And it lets yeah. me do all the other fun stuff. I'm cool mm-hmm. with that trade. Yeah. And it really does change your perspective. I think. Yeah. Um, Aaron, you've become a man. Yes, woohoo! And I'm only 27. 
<laughs> You're <laughs> the most. <laughs> and I say things like "woohoo." <laughs> yeah, a, lucky this is an audio. I'm literally podcast. a 12 year old who just uh, I don't know. I'm big as in a, like that made no sense. You know what I meant? The John, no. the Tom Hanks movie, big. Nope. All right. Aaron <laughs> is going to start a sentence. Yep. And you're just going to say whatever comes to mind. There's no wrong answer. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't listened, so he doesn't know. Yeah. Unlike the other people that are getting really like tongue tied. Here we go. All right. I wish I could fly. That's such a good answer. Yeah. Second or third person that said that. Flying? Flying, flying. is a great one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you dream about flying? Yeah. How do you take off? It's like I'm swimming. Oh, it's like I'm swimming through the air, oh, doing see, like I'm, I'm pantomiming yeah. a, a sort of like a breaststroke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I even kick my legs where I'm like, I'm, I'm like almost sort of like climbing through the the atmosphere. So like Peter Pan. Yeah, yeah. On some of the Disney and movies. so you get yeah. up and you sort of like swoop and glide, but then there's you, you. Uh, you have to change direction somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine was always that I would do this like, like a hip skip or a, a hip skip. Uh, like a skip step thing, and then like by the third or fourth one, you had like enough air that you kind of were up. And yeah. like to your point, when you hit a certain level in your dream, mm-hmm. like that's where flying actually starts. I don't know. Yeah. I just realized a few years ago that everybody actually does take off, and everybody has a different way of how they yeah. do yeah. it. I, I kind of <laughs> jump up, <and laughs> but see, like I yours, like I can, I can like, never, like visualize that and sort of feel that. Can we visualize yeah. that later mm-hmm. on video? <laughs> Yeah. I just want to go outside and watch you try And when to I'm dreaming, I can feel it. It's like I'm swimming Dude, through the I, atmosphere. Can you feel like scooping the air? Because I imagine yeah. that's like what yeah. the... Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Uh, dreams are interesting for yeah. sure. I can feel my feet drag right before I take off. And I swear I wake up and you're like... It's hard to explain, but it's like I can feel my feet, you know, like pop, 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 pop. Yeah. Dragging on the ground and then it's an up. Oh, I've never kind of had that. that, that You're almost movement. getting like we have to do something with your arms. So when you said that, I like I can relate. Yeah, mm-hmm. you just taught yeah. Aaron how to take off to yeah. fly in his yeah. dreams well, until now. Try it out, man. Stepping. It yeah. feels great. Oh yeah. Look what I did is produced by Aaron Dotson and Daniel Quinn. Sound designed by Daniel Quinn. Our digital director is Heather Kelly.